Amen. Now turn with me tonight in the Word of God and to Acts chapter 16. And we're going to read from verse 25. Acts chapter 16, verse 25. That's a very familiar portion of Scripture. I have a reason for turning to it tonight. Acts 16, verse 25. Let's hear the word of the Lord, reading, of course, from the authorized version. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awakening out of his sleep, and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword, and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thine house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized. He and all his straightway. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. We'll end the reading there at verse 34. And we pray God will stamp with his own approval and blessing this reading of the Holy Scriptures. Now, my text tonight is taken from the book of Acts. Acts chapter 16 and verses 27 and 28. It reads, And the keeper of the prison, awakening out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. And my subject tonight is entitled, God's answer to attempted suicide. Now, I'm well aware that the subject of suicide is a serious problem in Northern Ireland. According to the Public Health Agency, the number of deaths by suicide are as follows. 216, 297. In 2017, 305. 2018, 318. According to the Belfast Telegraph on December the 6th, 2018, the Belfast Social and Care Trust reported that Belfast is the highest rates of suicide in Northern Ireland. Statistically, there's 22 who commit suicide per 10,000 of the population. That takes in north, south, east and west Belfast. It's also been reported in the same paper that in the last 45 years that death by suicide has risen by some 60%. It further adds the grim statistic that in the United Kingdom as a whole, between the age of 20 and 49, men are three times more likely to terminate their own lives 
than females. In 2018, 5,821 dear precious souls took their own lives. That's 16 per day. I have no doubt that death by suicide is the single biggest killer in the United Kingdom. We often read daily in the paper, we hear of reports in the news, Belfast, Newry, Mourne Down, Antrim, Newton Abbey, London, Derry, Straban, of some poor soul ending their own life. So suicide is a big problem in Northern Ireland. In fact, it's a worldwide problem. Did you know that the World Health Organization reports that one million people die of suicide every year? That's one person every 40 seconds. That's 70 people per hour. Suicide is indeed a big problem. Could I also tell you tonight that suicide is a very complex problem? It often occurs gradually. An acute intense period of depression and despair. Individuals despairing of life, wishing they were dead. And this state of mind, of course, can lead to attempted suicide. And then there's a third aspect, death by suicide itself. A very tragic and terrible episode for all concerned, especially the dear family who's left behind to try and pick up the pieces afterwards and try and make sense with many unanswered questions as to why. Suicide is a complex problem. What triggers suicide? What are the reasons? Clinical Psychiatrists and psychologists suggest unemployment, money problems, loneliness, loss of identity, guilt, breakdown of family relationships, drugs, drink, stress. But I'm here tonight to state from this pulpit that suicide is not the answer. Young people, suicide is never the answer to the complexity of life's problems. Now, it's interesting in the Bible that the Bible deals with all three aspects that make suicide a very complex problem. Did you know that there are examples of suicide recorded in the Bible? King Saul and his armor-bearer, 1 Samuel 31, 1-4. Saul is in battle. He's been wounded by the Philistines. He pleads with his armor-bearer to kill him. The armor-bearer refused, and Saul um, falls on his own sword and ends his own life. The armor-bearer is so influenced by that action, he does exactly the same thing. We could think about Samson in Judges 16, how he brought the house of Dagon down upon himself and the Philistines. What about Ahithophel? 2 Samuel 17 and 23. Remember, he was the traitor to King David. He sided with Absalom in his rebellion. His advice to Absalom was not heeded. He went home, he set his house in order, the Bible says, and he hung himself. 
Commentators believe he did so because he was not willing to face the consequences of his action or the shame of a public execution. What about Zimri? 1 Kings 16.18 He had a short seven-day reign. He realized he was not going to be accepted by king because he'd led a coup and seized the throne by stealth. He set his house in fire and burnt it down upon himself. What about Judas? One of the twelve. Matthew 27, 3 to 5. Acts 1, verses 15 and following. He betrayed the Lord Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. And I have no doubt he was inspired by the devil to do that. A devil entered into him, the Bible says. I have no doubt that he had a covetous heart. He was a thief. He had a love for money. And and here's our examples of suicide recorded in the Bible. Some of them unbelievers. And some of them, like Samson and Saul, we believe were believers. And I want to say tonight that all unbelievers... Even those who commit suicide are in hell, not because they've committed suicide, but because they didn't repent and believe Christ. And I want to say tonight that hell is not a better place. It's not a place where one's sufferings is over. Did you know tonight that there are examples of depression and despair in the Bible? Read the story of Elijah, Jeremiah, King David, a host of others, all who struggled with suicidal thoughts and tendencies. Think of Job, caught in the vice of despair through tragedy and trouble which befell him and his family. Maybe you're here tonight and you're asking this question, can a true believer commit suicide? Take his own life? Does he still go to heaven or her? The answer is yes. That's not my subject tonight. That's a a, a different subject, perhaps for a different night. But remember our salvation's in Christ. And those who are born again and regenerated by the Holy Spirit, I want to tell you tonight, we're still on, you're still regenerate sinners. And there'll always be a proneness within us to sin and evil. And our sin, of course, because we're in Christ, is covered by the blood. And we're accepted into heaven Because we're in Christ, first and foremost. Could I tell you something else? Here in the Bible, in Acts 16, is recorded that the Philippian jailer wanted to take his own life. Here's an attempt at suicide. He intended to commit suicide. It was an attempt at suicide. He was on the brink of it. Think of Paul and Silas in prison, in the jailhouse in Philippi. The Lord has been at work, souls have been saved, Lydia's got saved, the seller of purple, a damsel girl who was demon-possessed had been delivered, and she's now got a testimony, her life has been changed, she's in Christ. As a result of that, Paul and Silas had been beaten, put into jail. The jailer was under orders to keep them safe, he put them into the inner stocks of the prison, they had shackles on their feet, and the doors were locked, and the jailer goes off to sleep. He's awoke by an earthquake. The doors are open. The shackles of the prisoners have been broken and fall off. And and he picks up his sword. And the Bible tells us here that he would have killed himself. Verse 27. He was almost ready to do it. He, He was on the brink of it. He thought, I'm responsible here for this jailhouse. Any escapee. 
is going to cost me my life anyway. So he thought, well, well, I'll do it for them before the authorities do it. And he was almost ready. He was on the brink. He heard the sword out in his hand. And then he heard a call. And what was Paul's call to him? Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. And then he called for a light and sprang in trembling before them. What did he say? Sirs, what must I do to be saved? There's God's answer to attempted suicide. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And do you know what? That Philippian jailer was saved that night. It was at midnight, the self-same hour. And he was delivered from the brink of suicide. Isn't that a great message? God's answer to attempted suicide. And here it is in the Bible. It's a fresh up-to-date book. Men and women, young people, I want you to see that tonight. Now, there's three things I want you to see. Try and understand. Follow with me if you can. The power of the devil behind every suicide. I want to ask the question, who wants individuals to commit suicide? I don't believe it's God's will. I don't believe it's according to God's law. God has said in the Ten Commandments, Thou shalt not kill. It's wide enough to include self-murder. Yes, it includes cold-blooded, premeditated murder, but it also includes suicide, taking one's own life. Young people, I want you to understand tonight that suicide is wrong. And for those that have had suicidal thoughts, and I've sat beside them in this past month, and I've said to them, suicide is wrong. I want you to understand it's a violation of the sixth commandment. God, yes, is holy, but he's also loving and gracious. And a loving, gracious God forbids it. All his commandments are good. They're, they're holy. They're true. And I want to ask again, who tempts you, therefore? Who entices you as an individual to commit suicide? And the answer tonight is the devil. It's the power of the devil behind every suicide. Doesn't the Bible tell us in the parable of the wheat and the tares? Who sowed the tares? An enemy have done this. An invisible enemy. An all-powerful enemy. But nevertheless, a real enemy. And I believe tonight in a personal devil. And I believe the devil tonight is bent on the destruction of the lives of men and women. And the devil schemes and plots and plans to drag souls down into God's eternity. And over there in the book of Ephesians, and this text was sent to me last night by a brother. And he didn't know what I was going to be preaching on this morning or even tonight. And this is what it says, Ephesians 2 and verse 12 or Ephesians 6 rather in verse 12 it says this for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places you see the devil tonight has tools a thousand and one devices in his arsenal to destroy and damn souls Remember the Lord Jesus in the wilderness at the very start of his ministry? Wasn't he tempted of the devil? Do you remember the second temptation? Matthew 4, verses 5 and 6. If thou be the Son of God, 
cast thyself down. Where was he? On the very pinnacle of the temple. The highest place, the highest point. And there's the devil whispering in his ear. Cast thyself down. What was the devil attempting to do? He was attempting to stop Christ getting to the cross. He tried on a number of occasions to kill Christ. And I want to say tonight, listen to me carefully. If he attacks the Savior, then he'll do the same to any one of us. To those who are his saints. But he'll do the same to any soul. To to all of God's creatures who are made in God's image. The Bible says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. In John 8 and 44, we read that the devil was a murderer from the beginning. And he wants to rob people of life. The precious gift of life. You see, I believe every suicide in the United Kingdom last year, 5,821. And I believe tonight with all my heart, That the power of darkness was behind every one of them. And he tells souls in the state of depression and despair. You can escape your problem. End your own life. Your suffering will be over. Do you know folks it's a lie. It's a lie. Isn't the devil behind the mindset of atheism? There's no God. There's no heaven or hell. You have no need to be saved. Death is the end of all life, or at best, but educated animals. And I believe tonight there's a link, a connection between evolution and the doctrine of atheism and suicide. And you know, there's many poor souls tonight. And they live very lonely lives. They're in despair. Their hearts are sad. And they feel suicidal. And I've sat with some. And I've told them it's not the answer. It never was the answer. It never is the answer. No matter how bad life is. Young people, suicide is not the option. I want you to think secondly tonight. Not only of the power of the devil behind every suicide but the pleading of the disciples before every suicide look back at Acts chapter 16 there look at verse 28 but Paul cried I love the butts of the Bible but Paul cried with a loud voice what did he say do thyself no harm for we are all here you see why commit Suicide. Is it not a form of escapism? You think of this earthquake. Prison doors were open. And what do we read in the scriptures? The Bible says, And the keeper of the prison, awakening out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. Underline the word supposing. We could add the words or interpret them, I thought. You see, the jailer felt, I can't cope with this. I can't face this. I I, I can't face tomorrow. This jailer had a solemn charge to keep the men. He probably thought of the trial that would follow. 
the public shame, the fact that he was getting the blame for everybody uh, escaping, that he would face the death penalty. And he probably thought, well, well, I can't face this. So he contemplated and attempted to take his own life. And isn't there many like that? And they feel life is so bad. Their circumstances are so hard and difficult, so awful. And the the devil tells them life is not worth living and they can't see any way out. Do do you feel like that tonight? That that life is not worth living? Then I've got a message for you. And, And what is that message? Do thyself no harm. Literally, don't do it. Jailer was just a few seconds away from eternity. He was on the brink. And he heard a message from the disciples. From Paul who took the lead. Don't do it. And that message was in love. That message was in grace. That message was in mercy. Because Paul loved not only the life of the Philippian jailer. But loved his precious soul. There's a story told about a farmer. He had a dairy farm in hundreds of acres. He drained his ground. He decided this year he would sell off a number of his cows and put a lot of acres into cereal crops. The crops grew. Harvest time was coming round. Then the heavy rain started. The pound at that Cereal crop flattened it. He thought the harvest is ruined. It's going to be lost. He was at the point of despair. He knew the bank report was due. He had already got a letter from the bank. He knew that repayments were going to have to take place. He had taken out a huge loan for the cereal crop. And he could see no way out. He could see no hope. He thought it's at the point of being lost. And sadly, he he took his own life. And you know, within 24, 48 hours, the weather had changed. The sun came out. The weather improved. And other men harvested all that that man had sown. You see, the devil, I believe, wants souls to be in despair. He, He tells you that life's problems can't be solved. He he tells you to forget about God. He he doesn't want you to hear a message, do thyself no harm, a message that comes to you in love. He he, he doesn't want you to think the issue through. He he wants you to engage in a, a tragic mistake. You see, if you're unconverted and you commit suicide and take away your own life, I want to tell you, you not cease to exist. I want to tell you, death is not the end. Your suffering will not be all over. You'll be plunged out into eternity. Job 10, or 14 and 10 tells us, Man dieth and wasteth away, and giveth up the ghost, and where is he? And for those who die in their sins out of Christ. Well, what does the Bible teach? They go into a place of outer darkness. A place where the worm dieth not, a place where the fire is not quenched. You see, many think tonight, well, anything's better than this life. Anything's better than my problems. But I'm telling you, it's a lie. Death is not the end of all your problems. Is hell itself going to be better? 
Hell for all eternity. Hell from which there's no escape. Oh, I, I said lovingly tonight, hell will be far worse. A place of misery and woe and torment. Why was the rich man in hell? Because he was rich? No. The Bible says he died, he was buried, and in hell lifted up his eyes being in torment. Why was he there? Because he didn't repent. Because he didn't receive Christ in this life. The Bible says, Behold, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. This, this jailer supposed something. He, he thought. He, he adopted this mindset. I think that there's no other option for me. There, there's no way to solve my problems. There, there's no way out of this. But there was. Listen to the pleading of the disciples before he committed it. Do thyself no harm. Could I say thirdly, I want you to think of the presentation of the deliverer beside every suicide. What did Paul say to this man when he asked, what must I do to be saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. What's the alternative when you feel life is so bad and you're so low and you can see no way out and you have this option, I'm going to end it all, I'll take my own life? Well, here's the jailer a few seconds from eternity. He's on the brink and now this man has bowed the knee and he's saved, he's delivered, his life has changed. His family's saved. Second Corinthians 4. 5.17 says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away and all things have become new. There's a story told about a woman passing a gospel meeting in a certain town. She heard the singing. She, she was thinking to herself, you know, my life's not worth living. She was in a frame of mind that she was going to end her life. And what she decides to do, she just opened the door of that Meeting house, she, she went in, she sat at the back. Nobody really noticed her coming in. They were paying attention to the preacher. The preacher saw her. And he pointed her to one who is life. Remember Jesus said, I'm come that you might have life. And you might have it more abundantly. Here's the alternative to, to the whispering of the devil. Life is not worth living. Life is because in Christ you can have abundant and eternal life. John 10 and 10 is the text through which I was saved as a young man at 18. Did you ever hear the story of R.A. Torrey? He was in Moody Bible School. He was connected to Charles Alexander. Did you know as a young man when he was in Yale University, his first year, things didn't go well for him as a university student. He didn't get top marks as he thought he was going to get. He was bitterly disappointed. He was not voted into the position of being president of the year group as he thought he was going to get. He thought, my parents will be disappointed. He was intending to do law and he's thinking to himself, you know, if I don't pass my exams, I, I, I'm not going to get through this course. He was at a very low point. He's in the room by himself. He's standing at the mirror. He has his razor out and this thought just smacks into his mind. Take your own life. And you know, as he looked in the mirror and contemplated that thought, God spoke to him. And you know what God said to him? 
the very words that we're reading. This is true. You can read it in his biography. Do thyself no harm. And in a moment then he heard his mother praying for him as a boy. My mother prayed for me. She taught me right from wrong. She told me about the end of time, about eternity. And then in that moment he heard the voice of the preacher. And the preacher was, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and I shall be saved. And in that very room, R.A. Torrey gave his life to Christ. And he said, Lord, if you take away this awful feeling and burden that's in my heart and mind, Lord, I give myself to you. I'll not do law. I'll become a preacher. And not only did he come to Christ, he became a preacher of the gospel. And what a mighty evangelist R.A. Torrey was along with Alexander. If that's where you're at tonight, a low point, you're contemplating a way out. If you're listening on the internet, we want to say to you tonight, we love you in Jesus' name. And when we point you to Christ, remember the story I gave a couple of weeks ago, George Cummings, the Reverend George Cummings. Remember, he felt that God was calling him to preach as a young man. Remember, he said, I could never preach in the pulpit. No way, Lord. Then he decided to go into the open air and preach. Oh, that would be easier. And when he contemplated that, he, he, fear took hold of him and he, he, he couldn't preach in the open air. And then he decided, well, you know what? I'll get my bicycle. And I'll sail through the various villages. And I'll shout text of scripture. And he come to the first village. Sail through, said nothing. The second village, sail through and said nothing. The third village. And he picked up the courage as he pedaled as hard as he could. And he shouted out, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Forty years later, he's in a meeting. He's preaching. There's a woman there giving her testimony. And this is what she said. Mentioned the village she lived in. I was in the back garden. I had a rope in my hand. I was contemplating taking my own life. And as a thought of how would I get the rope round the tree. In the garden I heard this message. Don't know where it come from or who spoke it. It was a man's voice. Behold the Lamb of God which ticketh away the sin of the world. And do you know who that preacher was that night? The Reverend George Cummings. And he told her as they embraced, I was that young man that pedaled through your village as hard as I could in a bicycle. And all I could do was shout out a text of scripture. Oh, the power of the word of God. It's, it's alive. It's eternal tonight. And I want to say, as we finish, Christ is the answer. And here's Paul, and he makes it very clear and plain to this Philippian jailer. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. And how can you be saved tonight? You, you can accept the truthful propositions about Christ and his person and work. You can give mental assent to them. And that's part of the element of faith. But you can believe all your facts you want and the truths you want about Christ, but that'll not save you. Because the Bible says, but as many as received him, to them give you power to become the sons of God. And I've told you before, the word believe means to, to trust in, to adhere to, to, to rely on. He that believeth, I have believed, I am believing, I will keep on believing. Have you trusted yourself to Christ tonight? Have you come and said, Lord, I'm a sinner. Lord, I need to be saved. I want to have assurance that I'm going to heaven. Have you come to Christ? Have you actually put your faith and trust in him? 
Remember, the Bible says, this is a faithful saying, worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus come into the world to save sinners. And here's God's answer to suicide. The power of the devil is behind every suicide. And we've got the pleading of the disciples before every suicide. Do thyself no harm. Do you know, we as Christians... In love and in mercy, we need to go to people and tell them. Those who are lonely tonight, those who are in despair, those who are facing life's complex problems and they don't know what to do or where to turn, let's go and love them. Let's go and win them for Christ. Let's go and tell them of our Savior who is mighty to save. And as Sam Houston used to say, of every one, one, one. What a difference it would make. If you went out after one soul this week and carried off or wherever you come from, and, and tried to win one for Christ and brought them into the house of God doesn't necessarily have to be here. It could be in your own uh, Baptist church or your own free Presbyterian church. That would be a tremendous thing. And if God spoke to them and saved them, you'd be absolutely thrilled. It was Samuel Rutherford that said, if one soul meets me from a handworth, my heaven will be two heavens. One soul? Why? Because Christ is the answer. The answer to every question that man has. And Christ is the end of every quest that man has. Oh, that we could see that tonight. I trust that we'll make sure that we present the only deliverer. Aid every individual who's even contemplating suicide. And we'll tell them of him who's mighty to save. Thank you for listening tonight. Thank you for being with us. I trust and pray the Lord will bless his word.